Advent conspiracy is a time for us to pause, to rethink why we give gifts, and to reorient our gift giving in such a way that Jesus is celebrated. Now, one of the most fun traditions of the holiday season is gift giving, right? It can also be one of the most stressful parts of the holiday. I mean, we ask questions, you know, what should I buy? How much money should I spend? Do I have any money to spend? That gets confusing, right? Because we live in this world of, of credit. Do I have enough money to spend? Am I in debt too much already or can I go a little bit more? Uh, this, this season of gift giving, it's a part of it celebrating for us. And, and there's certainly nothing wrong with that. So I, wanna, I want to do something a little different. I want to give you a little, little question that I want you to a- and ask among yourselves. Okay, so here we go. So um, if you're an introvert, just, this, just get up and leave at this point. Um, so just... Why, why do we give gifts to one another at Christmas? So just turn to the person next to you and two people or three people or four people or whatever and answer this question. Why do we give gifts to one another at Christmas? Go. So uh, what, 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 why? Tell me, just uh, shout it out. Why do we gift, give gifts to one another at Christmas? Pressure. Pressure. <laughs> Good, Marco. <laughs> to, to make kids happy? Okay, why else do we give gifts? Just to be giving, okay, very good. It's how we were raised, the tradition, you guys stink, this side is officially winning, so very good. (laughs) Wake up over here. Yes, good. Good. (laughs) Mona answered it and Tim and Laura high-fived each other. These are all the people in my home group giving the Bible answers, yes, you know. Uh, that's great. Why else do we give gifts at Christmas? Show love. Yeah, wonderful. Eric. Oh, that's good. That's good. It's easier than spending time with somebody. Marco, expect a gift from Eric, but no coffee date, you know? Well, you know, the exchange of gifts does, um, we can take it back to the actual birth of Jesus Uh, And there's a story in Matthew chapter 2. So if you have a Bible, open it up. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. If you don't have a Bible, lift your hand, and I'll just ask a couple of the guys to get one to you. Matthew chapter 2, the very first page in the New Testament, page 807, if you're new to the Bible. Um, So there's a story that uh, Mona alluded to, which is uh, really a great reference about Uh, about an instance where people brought Jesus gifts at his birth. So here's what it says, Matthew chapter 2, starting in verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. These are most likely really wealthy Gentile uh, types. They're like, they're like kings, okay? And, uh, and, and they're called magi, which means they're astronomers. They read the stars, so there's some debate as to how they found out about Jesus. Did they talk to some Jews who'd brought some, um, some scrolls that they were studying? Did they actually get a vision? Did they read the stars? You know, but it, it doesn't, doesn't uh, it's important, it's important conversation. But uh, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. So the next few verses have this encounter between these wise men and King Herod. Now, King Herod would have been very threatened. He's the king of the area in and around Jerusalem. He would have been very threatened 
by the idea that there was another king, somebody born in the lineage. I mean, King Herod was, was, was king, but not technically. If there had been somebody else of the bloodline of the kings, he would have displaced King Herod. So he was very threatened by it. Uh, he was worried. And, and so he basically says, yeah, I'm interested in finding out where this king of the Jews is also. So they, he tells these wise men, whenever you find out, take a report, bring a report back to me. I'd like to visit him also. And, and uh, we know that King Herod actually is going to try to, uh, he would not just visit him, but he would try to kill him. So verse nine, so after listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that had that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, because Herod would have killed him, they departed to their own country by another way. So these three wise men have, or these, however many there are, wise men, bring these gifts to baby Jesus. Actually, uh, most scholars believe he's, he's not a baby anymore. He's, he's called a child. And so uh, he is somewhere between three months old and two years old at this point when, the, when these wise men uh, come and visit him. They're acknowledging his special uh, place. They're, 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 they're worshiping him. They, they recognize that something is unique about this young child. Now, we see, as Mona mentioned, that these people brought gifts to Jesus. But just make a mental note, they did not exchange gifts with one another. It wasn't like they showed up to Jesus and, uh, and, and look to one another like, here's a sweater I bought you, you know. They, they, they brought gifts to Jesus. They worshiped Jesus, not one another. They gave gifts to Jesus. And, and just, it's really so simple, but it's interesting to think about. Now, now, of course, the tradition of gift giving has grown from there, and, uh, and our understanding of it has been impacted by this man by the name of St. Nick. Do you know the history of St. Nick? He was this, this man, Nicholas, born in the third century in a village uh, in an area which is now Turkey. He was born into a very affluent family, and his parents died tragically when he was quite young. But he grew up uh, in a devout Christian home. And so when his parents died, he was a sincere Christian with money. So he used this inheritance that he'd received, and he gained a reputation for helping the poor, especially children. He was known frequently to give gifts to children, as you mentioned, to love the kids. That was good. Sometimes he would even hang socks filled with treats and presents for those kids. Nicholas grew to be a well-loved Christian leader and was eventually voted as a bishop of Myra, a port city that the Apostle Paul visited. It's talked about in Acts chapter 27. Nicholas also uh, was a part of an important council in the history of the church called the Council of Nicaea, which uh, is a time in the early church where 
Christian leaders got together to articulate a statement that defended, defended the deity of Christ, the lordship, the, the, the God part of Jesus Christ. This is AD 325. Well, he died, Nicholas died in 345 on December 6th, and he was canonized as a saint. Now, we're not so much into um, recognize someone that is a human being as godlike, which is essentially what canonizing him as a saint is. But uh, this anniversary of his death became a day where uh, gifts were exchanged. It became a holiday where gifts were exchanged in his memory. Um, and and uh, many churches have been named after him. This, this, this boy who was, grew up without parents, had a lot of money, um, eventually this holiday where gifts were exchanged merged with the holiday of Christmas, and there's quite a history to even why we celebrate Christmas the time we do, but that's not for today. Uh, there's been a lot of folklore since the story of his life has developed throughout the years. And uh, it was brought to America by Dutch immigrants in the early 20th century, I believe. Um, and uh, in, over the years, American capitalism at its finest has taken the story of this simple person who gave gifts to needy children and uh, combined it with, with our culture, and now we shop on Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know? But somewhere in there, there's a really a beautiful story uh, about, uh, about a holiday where we acknowledge the birth of Christ, and we exchange gifts, and we, we give gifts to others as a way of celebrating that. And, and at some point, uh, we've gotten off course. We've, we've driven in the ditch. And, and uh, I say driven in the ditch because this week, uh, David Walker and I, um, we were driving. I was doing some stuff. Where, is David in here? Yeah, David's right back there. So, so he's here to verify this. We're driving on 20th and the Heights. And, uh, and we're driving along, and, um, and this, right at this, the, the wheel's still spinning. I mean, the guy had just, the, the person had just driven in the, the, the ditch. And, um, and so we drove by, and as, as I mean, what do you do? I'm like, well, I'm a pastor, you know, El, you know, Elder Walker here. You know, he's, he's what do we do? We, we prepared to tweet this. You know what I'm saying? That's what we did. So I, I'm like, David, get a picture, get a picture. So we had to turn around, you know. And, uh, and we, you know, and then I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, you guys need help. And, uh, but fortunately, there was somebody else there to help them. But anyway, can anybody guess what gender uh, was the person driving? <sighs> it was a man. Some of you guys were thinking, well, it was a man. Anyway, that was a joke. Okay, so it was a man, and he seemed very nice and really, really embarrassed. So anyway, so, so obviously he's gotten off course. Well, this is how I, I think about us. You know, we've gotten off course a little bit in our gift giving and our way we think about gift giving, some of us. And so, you know, this is a time uh, during this Advent conspiracy for us to pause, to rethink wh- why we give gifts and to reorient our gift giving in such a way that Jesus is celebrating. Now, this spend less give more idea, it creates tension in us that I just want to get out on the table because we just need to be honest. Uh, the reason it, this, this, this idea and this message may create tension in you, this idea of spend less and give more, is because it disrupts a rhythm. Somebody over here said it's, it's the way we've always done it, the way we've been taught to do it. Um, and so if anybody starts telling us how we ought to celebrate 
Christmas in terms of our gift giving, if you've been doing it a certain way for 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, uh, it, it creates tension in you because it's disrupting that rhythm, that tradition in you. It, it also creates tension in us, as I'm telling you, to spend less and give more because money is always personal, always personal. I know it is. But I don't, I don't mind getting in your business a little bit and challenging you on how you spend money because the Bible says where your money goes, there your heart will go. Your money says a lot about where your heart is. Another reason it creates tension in us is because gift buying and giving is already stressful. You already wonder, how much should I spend on my spouse to show them that I love them? What if they spend more on me? You've never been in that situation? Here's what typically happens in our house. I say, Jeannie, things are tight. We don't have much money to spend on Christmas. And I say, don't spend any money on me. And then it gets down to Christmas, and I have decided to spend money on her. She's not spent much on me. And then I get mad at her for not buying me anything, you know? <laughs> that's, the way, that's the way it goes. It creates stress. Some of you are single, and you're dating somebody. And, you know, you have that awkward, like, what do I buy? I mean, if you can't buy too big because you may be communicating something you don't mean, or you can't buy too low because you, you may offend them. Do you know what I'm saying? Some of you have a friend you want to give a gift to, and you don't want to tell them, hey, I'd like to marry you. You just want to say, hey, I like being your friend. Gift giving is stressful, and so I'm I'm messing with all that, so it creates tension in you. And then also, as we've been, again, talking about spending less, giving more, uh, there are other people around you that have expectations of how you'll spend your money on them that they may not understand. Uh, In my life, I found anytime you make a really, the most important decisions especially when it creates a a new rhythm, a new pattern, you have to prepare to be misunderstood. There will be people that won't understand why your church has told you to not spend as much money on them so that you can do more that actually celebrates Jesus. Other people might not understand. Well, all that said in this conversation about gift giving, uh, we, we really need a starting place. And the starting place is the Bible. And, and I want to take you to what I believe is the deepest theme of Christmas. The deepest, like way down in there, theme that we can pull out and think about the meaning of Christmas is this idea of giving. Jesus was given to humanity. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, you're there already if you have your Bible open. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Manuel, with us, God. El is God. So with us, God. Jesus is a gift to us from God. The deepest theme of Christmas is giving. God gave something to us. Now, just in our time together, I, I want to help you understand a little more about this idea of Emmanuel. So, so try to hang with me here as I give you. There's really only two other instances 
where the name Emmanuel is given. It's in Isaiah in chapter 7. It's actually a prophecy about this moment whenever um, God will come to us in the form of this person we call Jesus. So um, in the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 7 and 8, there is this instance in, in, uh, in history where Syria and Israel had a desire to form a coalition with Judah. Now, Syria is not a part of God's chosen people, but Israel and Judah are. But at this time, Israel's way off. Judah is kind of like the remaining uh, wanting to honor God kind of group of people, but they're, they're basically three, three groups of people, generally speaking. Um, so Syria and Israel wanted to come together with Judah because they were threatened by Assyria. Assyria was a superpower at this point. This is like seven to 800 years before Christ, something like that. So Judah was, was, was vacillating, was unsure whether or not to make an, become allies with Syria and Israel against Assyria. And, um, and their king, the king of Judah, Ahaz, was, was very fearful. So God sent a prophet by the name of Isaiah. Raise your hand if you've ever heard the name Isaiah as a prophet. Yeah, okay, very good. Uh, so Isaiah is a prophet. He spoke uh, really a lot of powerful things. But he goes to Ahaz, and he tells Ahaz, hey, Ahaz, ask God for a sign that he's going to be with you, that you're going to be okay. You don't have to become allies with any of these neighboring nations that are pagans. God's going to take care of you. Well, Ahaz refuses to do so. He doesn't believe Isaiah. And so Isaiah announces it himself. He decides, okay, I'm going to announce this is what's going to happen. So he announces that the Lord will give uh, to the people a sign. And the sign will be that a virgin will have a baby. And his name will be called Emmanuel. This is in Isaiah 7. Well, what Isaiah is trying to do is keep Judah and other, uh, other people that belong as God's people from becoming allies with pagan countries and just trust God. Trust that God is going to provide. So rather than becoming... Uh, submitting to pagan foreign powers, Isaiah is saying, hey, God is going to provide for you what you need for deliverance. And promises this to Ahaz, telling him that their hope rests in God, not, not in alliances, not they need not fear Assyria, but Ahaz rejects the sign of Emmanuel and he turns to the king of Assyria, actually, and, um, and then eventually, this is what causes their downfall. But we begin to see God's promise that one will come, be born of a virgin named Emmanuel, and he will be a deliverer, a rescuer. So when these words were spoken in Matthew chapter 1, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel, the name, a name of Jesus, with us God. This is significant. God is giving to humanity a deliverer, a rescuer, someone that we can put our hope in and not fear what else is going on out there. Isn't that awesome? Let's think about that. God's gift to us was this little bitty baby a child of hope. Let's watch this video.
Christmas really is about giving, and it begins with understanding that God gave to us. This little baby entered the world, innocent, beautiful, grew up, began declaring that there was a way to be at peace with God, and then laid his life on the cross, dying for our sin. But it didn't stop there. God the Father raised him from the dead, declaring that there is victory from sin. 
you can have new life in Christ. So as we talk about spending less and giving more, we spend less um, so that we can give more and do more that truly celebrates and reflects Jesus. So just let me give you some suggestions as to ways you can, you can give more during the holiday time that might more appropriately celebrate Jesus. Um, you can um, give your, your time. It's funny that Eric said that about it's easier to give gifts than time because that's true. One of the most powerful ways that you can, you can give, you can spend less and give more during this Advent season is by inviting somebody into your home, sitting down with them, being present with them, sharing a meal. You know, we, we just live in a day and a time anyway where people are going and it's hard to really feel like someone's really paying attention to you. You know, this is uh, kind of the world we live in. So can you imagine, especially in a busy period of uh, history, in a busy city, in the busy time of the year, can you imagine how powerful it would be if you just invited somebody in your home and you were just present with them and just talked to them and listened to them? That'd be a wonderful gift. Rather than spending a lot of money inviting people into your home or just in- inviting them to meet with coffee, sit down with them and, uh, and just, just give to them what you can in that moment. Give, give somebody your presence. I don't mean P-R-S, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S. I'm talking about presence like you as a human being, being there with them. Make the extra effort to go to that party just to be around them. Um, you know what's a really great gift during the holiday season is, uh, is, is um, caring for somebody um, and, and talking to them about, about the people in their lives that they're missing during the holiday season. You know, this is the thing also about the holidays is that um, many people have someone in their life that they really miss during the holiday. And uh, one of the most powerful gifts you can give somebody is just to ask them about that. Ask them, say, hey, so, so tell me what your favorite memory is of that person during the holiday. I, I find that more often than not, when people have lost a loved one, especially when it's during the holidays, the greatest fear that they have is that they don't want that person to be forgotten. And they don't want to forget. So one thing that you can do that's really powerful in terms of gift giving is give somebody the gift of having the courage to ask them, um, you know, how's it going? How are you doing? I know, I know you're missing that person. Tell me about what your favorite memory is. Hug somebody. All right, this is about to get awkward. So the person next to you, just reach over and give them a gift. Just, just hug them. Just hug them. Yeah. I see the guests. They're like, ah, oh, these people are weird. Or if you're not, I mean, just, you know, it's amazing. Um, one thing that we started doing on our staff, I may have already mentioned that, is it's just in the midst of all of us having very busy lives. I realize that the gift we can give each other is to be present, like when we're with each other. And so at the end of every one of our prayer times together, we hug each other. And it's a, it's a lot of like, you know, real man hugs, you know. You know, I don't really like you, you know, whatever. Um, but, uh, but, but give somebody your time. That's a gift you can give. Uh, and that's really important. And you may be able to tell them, listen, I, can't, I don't have any money to spend on you, but I'd love to give you some of my time. And if they say no, thank you, then that's a whole nother message. All right. Um, you can do, certainly give presents to go buy things for people and give them 
uh, give people presents. Um, I, I found that some of the greatest joy that we've experienced is whenever we buy things for our children and we're able to give it to them. Uh, we have to think through how that can be healthy and helpful to them. I would suggest that you can probably give fewer gifts and people won't even notice, especially if your gifts are well thought out. You know, uh, take the time to think about somebody, what somebody would actually like and then spend it on them. Uh, give, give, or give a lot of gifts if you want. That's fine too. There's nothing wrong actually with giving you know, lots of gifts. I'm just trying to get you to think about why you're doing what you're doing, but maybe spend less money. Um, be, be creative and be thoughtful in, in your gift giving. Um, maybe you'll be intentional about buying gifts that benefit needy people. I had no idea that this concept even existed until about maybe five years or so ago, Jeannie, for Christmas, bought me uh, a pound of coffee, and we got a mug from an organization called Land of a Thousand Hills, which it's a coffee um, business which employs uh, coffee farmers in Rwanda and treats them fairly. Well, there are all kinds of businesses out there like that, where if you buy something from this person, uh, part of the proceeds of, of what you've purchased goes to help somebody out. Find that out. Be intentional about that kind of stuff. There, those things are out there. That can be meaningful. And, and I'm telling you, Jeannie has given me lots of things over the years. One of the, that pound of coffee, although I love coffee, um, that's just why it was memorable. I remember that because it meant something. She went and found it, and it was important to her. And she talked to the person on the phone about, um, about, uh, about what the organization was about. That meant something to me. And so that gift was a, was a way that she celebrated the birth of Jesus and, and showed me love. And so buy gifts that benefit people. Um, don't spend money you don't have to. I mean, this is so simple, but if you don't have any money, don't spend it. We have a family in our church that uh, doesn't have any money. And I said, what are you going to do about Christmas? They say, we're not buying anything for anybody. Well, how does your family feel? We just told them we don't have any money. You do not have to. I mean, this is so simple, but you, if you do not have money, you don't have money to spend. Don't go out and put it on a credit card because that thing that that person may or may not be using in three months is still going to be charging you. Isn't that, isn't that just crazy that we live in a time that I even have to say that? But don't spend money. You don't have to. It's okay. And you can tell people. We tell our family, listen, we can't get into all this we don't have a lot of extra money during the holiday, or we, or we, we choose to spend it on other things. We're not going to buy you some gift you're not going to use. We love you. God bless you. Here's a hug. We want to spend time with you. And, and the, honestly, for a few years, that was awkward. But now it's just like, well, that's just Russell and Jeannie, and that's how they place their values, you know, and, and it's okay. They've given up on trying to get us to change, I guess. Um, so, so during this season, I'm, I'm encouraging you to spend less maybe than you normally would, to be more intentional and thoughtful in your gift-giving, um, so that you can give more. So that you can give more to things that are right at the center of God's heart. And let me tell you something that, that's at the center of God's heart as revealed in the Scripture. Needy people. Poor people. Um, I'm hesitant to tell you about this because I'm going to lose my crown in heaven for telling you, but this morning I was on my way into the office or, uh, well, this is my office, and I'm on my way up here, and I looked over, and I saw this man laying on the ground below all these sleeping bags, and I just thought to myself, like, oh, God, why? I, I hate it. I hate it that we live in a world where this even exists. And so, as I always do, I stopped at Starbucks. My daughter was with me, and I got a, a carafe of one of those 
craft of crafts of coffee. And um, and I was like, man, I just can't even imagine having slept on the ground and not having a hot cup of coffee. So uh, we drove around for the hour and a half before the service, and we just were looking for homeless people and uh, people that that may not have had a hot um, house or a warm bed to sleep in. And we just drove around, and it wasn't hard to find. It was not hard to find. They're all over the place. And I would just roll down my window and say, hey, (laughs) you want some coffee? Say, oh, yeah, man, you know, they come over to my window, and, um, and I say, what's your name? And so Roberto and, and Michael and, and uh, these guys, and I just would give them a little conversation, you know? And, and I just thought to myself, like, um, this, this is a part of this holiday that I'll remember. I mean, I'm not, I, again, I've lost my crown because I told you a good thing that I've done. But just as an illustration, like, find ways to help people that have less than you. That will help that will be a celebration of Jesus. Oh, and I'll tell you this, one guy, I'm, as I'm passing him, I'm looking at, he doesn't have a coat on. And then I'm remembering this verse in the Bible, I'm just so annoyed that it came to mind, about having two coats, and if you have two, then you should give one away. And I'm just like, oh, God, this is my favorite coat. So I go up, I was like, hey, dude, you want a coat? You know, my heart was not right, I know. And I said, and see, he said, yeah, I need a coat, man, I'm cold. I'm like, I bet you are. So I gave him my coat, you know, and Keaton's sitting in the back seat just terrified. I mean, she's wondering if I'm going to make her give her coat or something, you know. And, uh, and I was like, how do you feel? Are you nervous? And she's like, yeah, I'm nervous, you know. And I said, you know, baby, I said, there, we are so fortunate, and there are so many needs all around us, and we can't do we can't help everybody, but this is, what, this is who we are. Not just because I'm a pastor, but because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Which means that we, we've said, yes, I receive your gift of salvation. What, well, how, what do we do now? Well, we get to live a life of gratitude by offering it to others in word and deed. Are you with me? This is how we celebrate Christmas. There's give you gifts. I mean, I, I, um, I'll be posting my, my Christmas list online. You can go get me something. Um, but but I'm not, I'm give gifts. But what I'm saying to you is do not go through another year where you overspend on junk people won't need. Celebrate and give to someone that's really in need. And there are a bunch of ways you can do that. You can, you can help us go to Ecuador. You can just open up your eyes as you're on your way home and, and um, get a cheeseburger for somebody hand and give it to uh, just something. Just do something. Don't just go through the holiday and get into January and be feel depressed because you spent too much money and you're tired. This is what it means to spend less and give more, I think. And I'm still learning. So let's, let's think about these things. Let's pray together.